Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of We Should Have Recorded That with Phil and Adam. Hey Adam, how's it going? I'm hanging in there, Phil. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm on um I'm on spring break this week and so I'm I kind of I'm getting a break from being in the classroom, but I'm still preparing stuff, of course, for like mm-hmm. when we come back. And I do children's choir at the at the church, and so um, we they sung this past Sunday, and we have another part of them singing for Easter. So yes, we, yeah, but it's, I'm doing good. Little break. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So, dear listener. <laughs> We're kind of rusty, we're kind of rusty, but we got it. Yeah, the, our rhythm. It's not as easy to find our rhythm when we only do this every month. Yeah, it's kind of kind of get out of that. But, yeah. dear listener, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, please like, share, subscribe. You know, now we're more of a rare commodity. And so, you know, hopefully that makes us more valuable. You know, in your listening time. Supply and demand. <laughs> yeah. The law of scarcity. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that makes us a little more valuable. But um, if you're enjoying us and if you're enjoying our conversations, please, please like it and share it. Please, people are still engaged and they're looking for us. People, they, uh, as they, I, guess, I think the young folks say, they're checking for us, you know what I'm saying? So, so. All right, uh, if you say so, Phil. <laughs> So today, um, Adam, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, we, we thought we, that uh, it would be cool if I shared a little bit more about my experience in Russia. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the kind of experience that I'm still processing. Mm-hmm. And of course, as soon as I get back to the United States and distance from like and enough have enough distance to start processing... I'm thrown immediately under the deluge of the semester here. Right. <laughs> so um, hopefully my memory is good enough by this summer when hopefully things are a little bit right. calmer okay. that uh-huh. I can continue to do more processing then. Because right now, 99.8% of my brain power is occupied in the this instant mm-hmm. <laughs> rather mm-hmm. than in, you know... Uh, making sense of that experience. But I right. will share a little bit of, um, of, of that experience. So um, I, I will try not to repeat myself too much from what I said in the last episode, but I will just, if maybe any of our listeners to this episode didn't tune in to last month's episode, um, I, I went to St. Petersburg on a professional development grant um, to study Russian choral music. Um, and so I did, my, my uh, visit was sponsored by the Rimsky-Korsakov State Conservatory in St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. uh, the oldest conservatory of music in Russia. And, um, and so I went, and um, they were incredibly gracious, incredibly hospitable, incredibly welcoming and uh, I observed choral conducting faculty and choral rehearsals I interviewed choral conducting faculty um, and a composer and a musicologist 
Russian musicologist, and I did some work in their library with scores not available to us here in the US. Um, and it was absolutely an incredible, uh, an incredible experience. Um, I was at the conservatory for the entire work week, except for Wednesday, because the Wednesday during the week that I was there was the Defender of the Fatherland holiday. <laughs> so, uh, so the conservatory was not in session that Wednesday, which means that was the day that I went to the Hermitage and saw uh, all of that incredible art. Um, so my experience at the conservatory, uh, my first day, Phil, I've been in higher ed for a really long time now. Like if you count my days as a student, it's like 19 years in higher education with three years off to go teach high school, right? So I've been, in, I've been in higher education for a long time. And still, my first day at the conservatory felt like my first day of college. Everything was so new. I mean, at the, at the risk. No, it's not even a risk. It's a sure thing. I will definitely sound cliche when I say this, but everything was so foreign. Um, so their educational system is just so wildly different from ours. Um, probably it would be best if I began just by, by describing the difference in the education system in general. This right. is not about music education. Mm -hmm. um, Russian students go through what would probably be the equivalent of ninth or 10th grade in the United States. And then that is the end of their secondary training. And at that point, they can choose to go to university and there is this track that would be much more familiar to us as Americans. Uh, bachelor's degree, master's degree, maybe even a PhD. Um, but there is this alternative track that I knew nothing about. Keep in mind, these students are entering the conservatory younger than an right. undergraduate student is entering an American college or university. Mm -hmm. um, but after ninth or 10th grade, students can take an entrance exam to uh, get into the conservatory. Um, Pre-conservatory, there's also a thing they call college that is something between middle and high school. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult to understand. A really wonderful uh, student at the conservatory actually even drew me a flow chart. Um, so Phil, off the air, I'll share that flow chart with you. Okay. Um, but the, uh, the students are entering the conservatory at probably uh, around age 20 after do doing college, which is like somewhere between high, it's, it's kind of equivalent to post high school something. Um, and so, uh, they're entering the conservatory around age 20, and then they spend five years there. 
It is a five-year program. Mm -hmm. um, I was specifically observing the choral conducting students, and there were almost 60 of them because uh, they admit 12 a year, and the program is five years long. Um, and the reason there are so many choral conducting students is because students in other musical disciplines don't participate in the choir. The choirs are made up entirely of students whose major is choral conducting. Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, and likewise, you know, the voice students, they don't participate in choir. They only sing in the opera. And the choral conducting students would never be in the opera. It's, it's very divided in that way, whereas in the U.S., I think, you know, we try to, we, we encourage, at least in a lot of institutions, we encourage cross-disciplinary collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, not, not so in Russia. You stick to your one thing and you do that one thing very, very well. Um, so uh, another thing that was fascinating to me, the students in the choral conducting program, once they pass their entrance exams, which they need to pass to get in, that's where you cover your solfeggio and your music theory and your music history. Uh, they don't take classes at the conservatory. Instead, they take an hour piano lesson every week with a private teacher, during which they are working on choral scores, not piano music. They take an hour voice lesson every week, and then they take three hour-long private conducting lessons every week, in addition to participating in the choral ensembles and leading the choral ensembles. So that is their education, um, which is just wild to me, right? They don't take classes. They just take lessons. Uh, so it's a very, you know, it's an intensely one-on-one -on -one kind mm -hmm. of training, individualized training. Let me let me ask you something. So, like the, if if that is the conservatory experience, I imagine that pre-conservatory they have to come in. They they are they they probably they are already singing. They have may, must have you know great oral skills. Um, the music theory is there, like, and is, is this is what they're doing? Like, do they come in on this track? Like, do you are you making a, a decision like in middle school or elementary school? Yes. <laughs> okay. The answer is yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, you so, have like you need those years of study. You need those be skills prepared. before yeah. you can pass the entrance exams. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So uh, yeah, you're making those. You're making that decision very young. Uh, the, there is a, they, there's a unusual but very well-renowned boys college where students will enter in the eighth grade. It's called the Glinka College, and mm -hmm. it's a singing college. It's a choir college. Uh, again, I'm using college in the Russian way, not the American way. So mm -hmm. in eighth grade, these boys are going and doing nothing but music all day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Um... So, uh, so that's the that's the student experience. Um, let me talk about the faculty experience. Choral conducting faculty, they're 
there are two, the, the head of the department and one other professor will occasionally conduct the conservatory choirs, uh, but they have a large conducting faculty because the typical conducting professor, their job is to teach six to ten private students in their conducting lessons three times a week. That is their job. Um, and then when their student is leading the choir, they will go and watch their student conduct. Right. That is their job. Um, so that, again, was wild to me. Um, you know, uh, some of them have choirs out in the community, um, and others of them are to the point in their career where they don't want a choir anymore. They just want to teach conductors. <laughs> so uh, that's wild to me as you know, my American bias is like, oh my word, I want to be leading my own ensemble, not just teaching others to lead an ensemble. Um, and uh, let's talk about the lessons themselves. Uh, the lessons, they, of course, it varies by the personality of the teacher, and I observed really different personality types. Um, okay. But the lesson, the structure of the lesson is that the student, uh, the student enters and uh, waits for the previous student to finish. And then when the previous student is done, the, the student takes the podium and the student has the hour with the professor and not one, but two pianists, two staff pianists. Wow. Who... If it is a piece of a cappella choral music, one of the pianists will play the soprano and alto lines, the other pianist will play the tenor and bass lines. <laughs> if it is a piece of accompanied choral music, one of the pianists will play the choral parts and the other pianist will play the accompaniment. So again, isn't that just amazing? And that happens amazing. three times a week for each student. Um, so yeah, it is remarkable uh, what the, the, the amount of personnel that are dedicated to each student's personnel hours devoted to each student. Mm -hmm. um, and the teaching styles were um, the teaching styles ranged from very easily frustrated to very encouraging. Uh, they ranged from very loquacious to much more uh, down to business. Mm -hmm. um, the so the the teaching style really like like with any you know with with pedagogues of any nationality it was incredibly varied. Uh, but yeah, the the experience of conducting in your for, for your private lesson was really brand new to me. I have three degrees in music, you know, and in choral conducting related fields, never, never did I have a lesson like I observed these students receiving. Um, did you, did you have the opportunity to have a lesson? I did not, no. I did okay. interview the choral conducting faculty, and so those were fascinating conversations about Russian choral music and uh, about the weaknesses of American choirs that attempt to interpret choral, Russian choral music and 
those are wonderful conversations. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I would say the, oh, go ahead. I just, I, so, you know, with all of this you're saying, like, we can kind of, like, compare, we've been kind of, like, informally comparing um, the U.S. kind of music educational system to, like, the Russian uh, music educational system. Like, and I, maybe you're still in processing. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are pros and cons to both, but do you think the that one is higher than the other one have you have you come to that determination or like <laughs> what are the areas <laughs> um i think from what i observed and i was only i was only at the conservatory four days Ooh. so from what i observed i think the american system produces a more well-rounded mm -hmm. student. Um, I think the Russian system is not about breadth, it is about depth. And I think the Russian system, uh, some of those students, their conducting gesture was outstanding. Uh, better than I have seen uh, from American students of the same age. Um, so, and... The, yeah, there was there were some gestures that just were breathtaking. Uh, so the gestural training I think is better than in America. Um, in observing the choral rehearsals, I I do think that um, American conductors are trained to be resourceful on the podium, to, to have a large bag of rehearsal strategies. Mm -hmm. uh, and the rehearsing that I observed with the choirs in Russia were a lot of talking about the sound mm -hmm. rather than strategies for getting that sound. Mm -hmm. um, so I think... Um, yeah. If I were to compare my own students to the students at the conservatory, I would say my students do not have the zigs and zags down on really, uh, really uh, not nowhere near the level of the Russian conductors. Um, but I do think my students have better teaching, uh, better pedagogy. Uh, and of course, this is a generalized statement, right? There are going to be some monumentally gifted Russian teachers, and there are going to be some wonderfully gifted American conductors, mm -hmm. gesturers. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that is my general observation. And it, and it seems like, I mean, because I remember as we talked about that and as we um, worked through gesturing, it's, it's, it's a language that again has to be developed over time like you yes you're spending that time and whether you and you and you need to be doing it with a teacher because you need someone yes. to say to you that's not a good gesture right exactly and here's a better one or something like that so yes. I, I can definitely see that lending itself to 
um, that again spending your you know not only the five years in conservatory but pre that like you you know you're going to conservatory to yes. to be a core conductor if you right will. exactly mm. um, so that was my experience um, yeah I'm not sure what else to say about it. Um, it there, was, it was amazing. Are there anything? So we, so it, of course, you know, you went there to to better understand mm -hmm. how to teach Russian choral music, which I I got a chance to experience. Um, you know, one I think we I think we did two pieces. I think at least. Oh yeah, I do a Russian piece every year. I just love it so much. Right. Um. Yeah, at least one piece of Russian music every year. Um. Yeah, so here are, here are the big takeaways. The way I teach conducting lessons has changed okay. because of the many conducting lessons I observed wow, at the conservatory. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, that was very inspiring just to see some wonderful teachers and how they interacted with their students. Mm -hmm. um, the, my understanding of Russian choral music has deepened. Uh, this is really through the interviews as they talked about the characteristics that make Russian music what it is, that the low basses and this Russian pathos mm. that you need to bring to it. And, uh, you know, one of the teachers said to me, you know, we've, Russians have always lived such a hard life. And if you haven't lived a hard life, you can't really replicate the Russian pathos. And so that, that really stuck with me. Um, and then this is, a, this is sort of a technical thing, but I've been thinking a lot about this, not just for Russian music, but for all music. And it was more of an observation that I made than a, anything that was said to me. But it, when I observed the choral rehearsals, never did the conductor needs to address vibrato because vibrato to these singers was intricately linked to dynamic level. If the dynamic was incredibly soft, the sound was almost straight tone. And if the sound was incredibly loud, there was this big, almost, not, not wobbly, but a really vibrant, mm. ah, really pronounced vibrato. Mm -hmm. and, and every dynamic gradation between pianissimo to fortissimo, every dynamic gradation had this accompanied, completely locked together, totally coordinated vibrato rate and range change. And Oh, if I could figure out a way to get my singers to process dynamic and vibrato in the same way, oh, I, I want, I need to figure out a way to do that other than just be born in Russia and listen to Russian choirs your whole life because, <laughs> unfortunately, none of my students are Russian and none of them are listening to Russian choral music from the womb. So... <laughs> Well, but but I was I um 
I was observing, I'm not observing, I was listening to a choir um, over the weekend, and I noticed, I, I think we are in the United States, and definitely our young people are influenced, like you said, by what they're listening to, mm-hmm. of course. And so if you're listening to pop music, you know, that is going to come through in your singing, especially unconsciously. And as yep. I was listening to these singers, I'm like, you, like this is your pop influence coming through yes. in your singing, in your solo singing. Yes. And and so like I think like that is a you know I'm, like that is a great thought though because like if you I mean we understand acoustic music right it is the vibrations mm-hmm. that and the, it is the vibrations that are producing the sound and so like and that's basically what our vibrato is that free freeness in yes. the voice right and. Yeah, that I mean, they, yeah. I hope you figure out a way, and I would love to hear how, how you how you work on that. I will. I'll let you know once I have it figured out. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm just talk. <laughs> I'm just talking about it. I'm like the Russians, right? I'm like I. I'm, instead of telling people how to do it, which is what I want to do, instead I'm just talking about it. Like, wouldn't it be nice if you did this? <laughs> so, anyway. Maybe the lesson out there is for our parents listening to the podcast, play lots of classical, non-amplified vocal music in your homes for your children. Yes. I I think we, you know, if the voice, like if we are, um, if we are working on that, like just, you know, and that's like, that's the goal, right? Is to sing with freedom. Mm-hmm. It, you to have more to have more energy. You need to sing, and to sing more of, and to have a higher dynamic. You need to you have to have more breath, which will probably yes. produce more um, vibrato. Yeah. And so I think there is there is a way. I'm just I'm 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 listening. I'm waiting for you to 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 oh. mechanize it for. <laughs> what a weight on my shoulders. Let me get through the semester and then I'll have time to think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, that was my experience in Russia and that is a brief discussion of the Russian music education system. Yeah. That's that is very interesting. That is very interesting. So yeah, maybe we can, you know, maybe we can um, get some somebody on here with who's actually lived it to talk about it next time, or, or in a future episode. That would be really yes. cool. Yes, that would be really cool. Actually, I have the I have a person in mind. Her English is amazing. I'll reach out. Well, great, great. This is this is exciting. Um, so let's go on to um, current events as as we wind down. As is our tradition i actually this week have chosen not to address a current event i would instead like to give a recommendation do i have your blessing to do that yes i um i want to recommend to all of the adults because (laughs) there is the occasional curse word in these videos okay i want to recommend to all of the adults the YouTube channel of Uncle Roger. Uncle Roger. Bill, okay. do you know Uncle Roger? I don't know Uncle Roger. I have discovered him since we last talked last okay. month. Um, he is 
uh, a character played by the stand-up comedian Nigel Lung, who is a Malaysian comedian living in the UK right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has invented this character named Uncle Roger, who reviews other people's YouTube videos of making food. Okay. And um, he really roasts these people for <laughs> make, especially making Asian food mm-hmm. incorrectly. Okay. Uh, so uh, he's just really funny. And I have been laughed a lot from watching these videos. And of course, the YouTube algorithm now shows me right. Uncle Roger constantly. Yeah. So uh, that is my recommendation, Uncle Roger. So um, my current event, <clears throat> I, I, I think I'm going to go with this. I don't know. I, I watched very little of the past two award shows, mm-hmm. the Grammys. I was, I'm more interested in the Grammys as a musician than the Oscars, and I watched very little of the Oscars. Um, I think I only watched the red carpet of the Oscars. And then I hear Wendy tells me the next morning, did you hear what happened? I'm like, what mm. happened? You know, did, did someone, you know, trip and fall or what? No, but, like, there was uh, a slap. And, I, and I'm... We don't even really need to talk about it because I'm sure everybody has heard about it because mm-hmm. I I mainly watch sports like commentary and sports commenters were talking was talking about the slap. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. And I think it's just a continuation. I think at the beginning of our podcast we talked about I at least I talked about um Will and Jada um, mm-hmm. Smith and their their whole marriage situation, and this seems like a continuation of that. And so I'm just really praying for them. And I now they've involved another person, Chris Rock, mm-hmm. in this situation, and, and it seems like he's handling uh, what happened, you know, as as best as anyone could. Yep. I I can't imagine being slapped on, you know, national. <laughs> international television because yeah. that's like that like the way people the way we've been able to hear the the full exchange i think is is from japanese and australian tv because right. they we it was censored in the united states yep. um and so like this is an international situation now and so like uh i i you know it's just just praying for the that that family because this seems like a, a continuation of the issues that we talked about before. And, um, yeah, I just hope there is some some deliverance. I don't know what other mm-hmm. word I could say, deliverance mm-hmm. for them. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yes. Phil, what did you learn this week? I learned that, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm wondering... Should I, you know, get um, Anais a uh, a conducting baton now, or <laughs> well, uh, do you want to send her to Russia? <laughs> Not right now. I don't want to. Yeah, send her. I don't think you should. I, I don't think you should. Uh, definitely not right now. <laughs> not right now, but. Yeah, no, this this was very insightful. I think, um, yeah, I think um, what I what I really 
am thinking about is just how we uh, give people skills. Like, how do we yeah. um, invest in making sure that our students are, like we talk about, empowered. Yes, you know, exactly. They want them to be empowered. And so hopefully that, you know, that intense time of training empowers these these musicians. And so maybe that's something we can, you know, really take, really work on yes. here. Yes, I agree. What about you? Did you learn anything? Uh, well, I liked what you said about how evident it is, even in a choir's sound, that the music in their ears is not choral music. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, what we listen to really matters. Yeah, and it does. I, uh, yeah, I really, as we're making our own, our own oral image, our mm-hmm. own sound concept, our own ideal mm-hmm. tone quality, uh, yeah. There are a lot of influences that go into that. It is. There are. There are. Yep. Yep. Uh, anything else for the good of the order? That's it. That's it. All right, Phil. Well, great to see you as always. Happy April. Yes. Happy April. And the next time I see you, uh, it's either going to be the last week of classes, final exams week, or I will be free. Wow. So, You'll be able to tell, dear audience, without us even saying, <laughs> if the weight of the world is still on my shoulders, we're recording it at the beginning of May. Uh-huh. On the other hand, if I am light and free and easy, we've really? recorded it after commencement on May 14th. Okay. <laughs> All right, Phil. You have a great day. And hey, dear audience, I hope you have a great day, too. Bye right. for now. Adios. Thank you.